My name is Father Mike Delaney and I'm the parish priest of the Kingston Channel Catholic Parish in the Archdiocese of Hobart. This is my homily for the first Sunday of Lent. We're in the second week of a message series for Lent called Seriously God, Making Sense When Life Doesn't Make Sense. And in many ways it's an appropriate series to make sense for the time we're in. Last week we introduced three principles to keep in mind through this series. The first, it makes sense that God doesn't make sense. If there is an all-powerful, all-knowing being, then of course he would not always think as we think or act as we act. Secondly, when God does not make sense, we can grow in our understanding because God has revealed himself to us through the scriptures and through the person of his Son, Jesus Christ. Third, be careful not to confuse God not making sense with life not making sense. Today we are going to look at what God says no when things that seem like good things are around us. For many people in our world, all they've ever heard the church say is no. All they've ever heard was, you're not allowed to do this, and don't do that, and no, you can't have that, because God said so. It would seem almost as if it was a fun or a good thing to do, then that meant God was against it. And maybe they wouldn't say it like this, but they still think of God as a grey-haired judge in the sky who wanted to make sure you didn't enjoy life. So many people actually think that Christians are defined by how they avoid certain sins and live by a certain code of conduct, and that means their life doesn't look at all appealing. No doubt there are some no's in the scriptures. There are some things that are off-limits to Christians that the world says are okay or even necessary. However, the no's generally fall into one of three categories. We see this expressed in the Gospel of Luke today when Jesus is tested in the desert. Jesus reveals why God will tell us no by saying no to the temptations of the devil. He shows us the values of God's heart behind these no's and what it is that God wants for us. This is how Luke starts the story. Filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit through the wilderness, being tempted there by the devil for forty days. Now, prior to Jesus' temptation, he had been baptised in the Jordan River. The Holy Spirit had come upon him, and then filled with the same Spirit, Jesus goes out into the desert to be tempted. You may not believe in the devil, a being, a personality bent on causing evil in the world. Personally, I think it makes a lot of sense when you look at the news for 30 minutes, or even 5 minutes. There is just too much evil in the world to not believe that there is a being who intentionally wants to bring pain and suffering into the world. And to paraphrase C.S. Lewis in his book, The Screwtape Letters, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was to convince us he didn't exist. So the devil tempts Jesus. Temptation does not always mean you are outside of God's will. Often, Temptation comes to us when we're doing what God wants us to do, 
But because there is an enemy, someone who opposes God and us, it can be temptation. This is what Luke says. During that time he ate nothing, and at the end he was hungry. Then the devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, tell this stone to turn into a loaf. The first temptation Jesus faces is to meet a legitimate need in a legitimate way. Jesus chose to make himself needy by becoming a human being. He chose to face the same temptations of the flesh we face. These temptations are to make our needs and desires the highest priority of our lives. We need food, shelter, clothing, companionship, and the list goes on and on. So the temptation will be to meet those needs in a way that makes them the highest priority of life. But if that happens, we can actually become enslaved to those needs. They can begin to take over our lives. We've seen how people become addicted to alcohol or unhealthy food or prescription drugs. You may know people who have become addicted to pornography. But Jesus teaches us to say no to some things because they actually do enslave our physical needs, meaning that they become unhealthy. So in response, Jesus says no to this temptation. He says, Scripture says, man does not live on bread alone. Jesus gives us a further reason God will tell us no, sometimes to our physical needs, because we do not live by bread alone. Here Jesus quotes the book of Deuteronomy, which says, We do not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because beyond our physical needs, we also need to be nourished by God's word and by a relationship with God. God tells us to say no to our physical needs because then we have, can meet our deeper need for a relationship with him. When we put our need for God first, then our physical needs can be met in a healthy way. But putting our physical needs first is putting the cart before the horse. Luke continues, Then leading him to a height, the devil showed him in a moment of time all the kingdoms of the world, and said to him, I will give you all this power and the glory of these kingdoms, for it has been committed to me, and I give it to anyone I choose. Worship me then, and it shall all be yours. The real temptation here is not devil worship, but it is to compromise with evil. Notice what the devil says. All this power and glory has been committed to me, and I give it to anyone I choose. Power and authority were given to humanity, who then lost it when they ate the forbidden fruit in the Garden of Evil. As a result, evil still has some authority or a hold on this world. The temptation of evil is to suggest it's okay to bow down just for a second, just for a moment to its power, and then you can go on with life. Compromise with evil just this once, and then you can go back to normal. Look away from what you value and what you think is important just this once. Compromise your integrity just this once. Just tell this one lie, and then, of course, you can go back to telling the truth. Fudge this number, 
and no one will know. Cover this up. Everything will be okay. This is the lie we buy. The truth is that once we surrender to evil, it gets its hooks in us. It calls us to bow down again and again. We live enslaved to it. We know it in our heart and our soul until we either say enough is enough and repent. Or some people begin to actually serve evil. The one-time compromise becomes an habitual way of acting. And the deeper they get, the more enslaved they become and they're no longer to free with act with integrity and honesty and truth. Jesus shows us a different way, and what feels harder at first is much simpler and easier in the long run. He does not allow evil in at all. He makes no compromise with it. So this is what he answered. Scripture says, You must worship the Lord, your God, and serve him alone. Finally we read, Then he led him to Jerusalem and made him stand on the parapet of the temple. If you are the Son of God, he said to him, throw yourself down from here, for Scripture says he will put his angels in charge of you to guard you. And again, they will hold you up on their hands in case you hurt your foot against a stone. Just as I've never been tempted to worship the devil, I've never had the temptation to throw myself off a building. So is this a temptation to suicide? No. The temptation is to win over the crowd. Jesus had come to win humanity back to a relationship with God the Father. His goal was to get people to follow him so that they would come to know the Lord. The question here is, would he lead people and win hearts or use methods that would make him popular but wouldn't really change lives? It's our nature to want to be liked. We want to be popular. We want the crowds and the peoples to think well of us. If we're not careful though, we can actually become enslaved to it. Rather than being true to who God has created us to be, we perform our way into being liked. Eventually this enslaves us. People who are truly free and truly admired are comfortable in their own skin. They're comfortable with people not liking them and do not need to go to great lengths to please people. This was how Jesus acted. He teaches us to say no to the need for popularity. This is what he told, said to the devil. It has been said, you must not put the Lord your God to the test. God tells us no because he wants us to live in freedom. He wants us to live in freedom as his sons and daughters and not enslaved to our desires, the devil, or demanding people who don't care about us. This week I'm inviting you to identify which of these three temptations is the biggest one in your life. I invite you to pray for the grace to say no to it and yes to the freedom of God. God teaches us to say no to these things because they can enslave us. Saying no to sin allows us to live in freedom. Saying no to temptation allows us to live from a position of strength.
God tells us no so that we can be free to love him and to love others.